Yet I think I have cabin fever. It is easy to catch this time of year. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. They'll share life experiences, tips, techniques, thoughts, and tools to help you create life exponential. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker. Moving forward with the Decker Team. Moving forward together with the Decker Team. Welcome to another episode of Life's Inside Track. I'm Yetta Decker. And I'm Ken Decker. And it's where we get to share techniques, thoughts, tips, tools, and some tactics that we all need, we all deserve, you, I, everyone, so we can turn our house into home, our families thrive, and we live the best life possible. We're going to consider in this episode, how do you protect yourself even if you get cabin fever? How do you protect yourself from you when you experience cabin fever? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, what is cabin fever? I, I, it's kind of ominous. It's like you get this antsiness and I want to go buy a new car or I want to go buy a new house or I just, I need to get out of the house. And I think cabin fever was originally talked about in a ship because you'd be in a small cabin, mm-hmm. you'd be on a ship for a long time and you get cabin fever. Right. But, it, but with our long winters. Right. Some people do experience for real cabin fever. There's more people out looking at real estate as soon as the snow starts to melt and the sun days get like the sun in the day gets a little longer. There's a lot of people that go open housing it and go looking and we're back to doing a fair number of open houses. Maybe not what it used to be like, but there's still a fair number out there. So a lot of people will go out looking and often as realtors, we would refer to many of the people out with during spring fever, spring cabin fever um, as tire kickers because they were really <laughs> just needing to get out and see stuff. And so the first step to protect yourself is to decide if it's for real or if it's just an experience you've had because you haven't maybe been outside playing in the snow enough, haven't taken a vacation, or maybe it's just too many hours inside, um, even if you've got some great outdoor activities. So first determine, is this cabin fever a for real experience? Meaning it feels real. It always feels real. It always feels equally as real. And does your house still suit you? Or did you become clear... Because you had more proximity in a tighter space for a period. Yeah. And I think it's some of the ways to figure that out is like, I love going for maple syrup farms, right? You go to the farm, you walk around, you watch them boiling sap. They make you some sugar taffy. You get out in the fresh air. And for me, that's one way of starting to alleviate spring cabin fever. Now, the question that you posed was, is the cabin fever just because you've been inside too long or is it because underneath, and you got to dig deep a little bit to figure this out because sometimes there's something that's bugging you about your your home you're living in, whether you're renting or you're owning. Is there something that isn't working the best in the home you're in? Maybe it's too small. Maybe it's too large. And maybe it's too far into the country and you've realized that you really do want to be on a city bus service. Or maybe you don't want to be on a city bus service and you want to have the quiet and greater number of birds and more enjoyment of the great outdoors. And so really 
I think cabin fever gives us potential access to see the truth of what's already going on. Right. And maybe it's too expensive to maintain it. It's too large. It's too much electricity, too much uh, taxes, too much mm-hmm. gas prices. All of those have gone up. Mm-hmm. Significantly. So, so it's, it's that realization, oh, maybe this is preventing me from doing some other things in my life that I would like to do. Right. And so a great process to sort of look at the pro-con list again is if we go back to some of our other Life's Inside Track episodes, there is a few we've done on the post-it note system (laughs) where you pull out some post-it notes. You each get post-it notes if there's two of you that own or three of you that own the the property or even that would be making the decision because if you're renting you're not owning now but still takes effort to make the the right decision to discover whether it's really cabin fever or whether it's intrinsic things that just don't serve you anymore even though they used to and so doing the whole post-it system just really is a pro con list but you do it independently Mm. And I encourage you to go back and watch the step-by-step of that because we don't want you to make a decision to move if it was nothing more than you were in the house too much this winter. Yeah, you got to make the right decision. And if it is the house isn't working, then the next step, especially if you're, if you own, this is a, if you already own, then you need some information, right? Because information helps you make a wise decision, And one of those things is, okay, well, how much equity do I have? And we did a show on equity as well. But the the short answer is equity is determined by what your property is worth minus what you owe on it and what it would cost to liquidate it in in, uh, either commissions or and or uh, penalties for discharging the mortgage. So the value of your property, we can help there. Right. Figuring out what you owe exactly, you might have a mortgage statement or whatever, but if you want to know what your penalty would be, you need to call your your lender. And also, you might even find out that, hey, you know what, I can port my mortgage at the current interest rate is that I'm allowed to take it and increase and blend if I'm upgrading or maybe just take it to another property. If you have a lot of equity, they might say, it's okay. You don't need to lower the mortgage when you move to the next property, even if it's a little less value. Depends on the lender, and there's a lot of things to discover there. Right. So get your get your data. First is make for real that you want to make a move, and then get your data, because with the data, you're going to make a sound, solid information. And then the other step with the banker is whether you have a current mortgage or you don't, you want to determine if you can qualify. Because just because you have an existing mortgage doesn't mean you're going to qualify for a future mortgage. Yeah. That's a would, really oh, important piece. Like, And if that's confusing to you, then you know that the last step we're going to say you need to do is call for a clarity call anyway. So I'm going to say right now, if some of what we're saying, you're going, I don't fully understand what you're saying, pick up the phone or email us and we will have a clarity call with you. Very quickly, we can get to what data you need and what things you need to specifically be concerned Mm. about or thinking about. Yeah, because interest rates have risen. Mm -hmm. And what you're saying is if you just renew your mortgage, let's say it's up for renewal this year, it kind of auto renews. They don't do a a new credit check and everything because as long as you've been paying regularly, you're all everything's good. They just auto renew for you. 
And also make sure you want to check and see if they will negotiate that interest rate. Because when they auto renew, usually it's at a higher rate than what they'll actually do it for. But secondly, if you're going Catch to Catch that move, tip, though. Yeah. Like pick up the phone and get your rate, even on an auto renew, as low as it can be. Yeah. Negotiate that. Yeah. And then if you are thinking of moving and you're going to need a new mortgage, then you're going to have to requalify at the new rates and so it's important to get all that background stuff done mm -hmm. before you start to go look at properties. <laughs> well, yeah, because there is an order to this. There's no point in going looking at something if you can't have it anyway. So that's why a clarity call is where it starts. So you know what you really, well, first your pro cons, then a clarity call to figure out what your next logical step is. Yeah. And if you don't have a house to sell, then as a buyer, your first step is look at how much down payment you have, where you can get that down payment, and then mm -hmm. connect with a mortgage company and make sure you get pre-approved, not just pre-qualified, but pre-approved for a certain amount of mortgage so that you know what you can go out and look for. Absolutely. So the bottom line is prepare and make sure that what you're feeling is the real deal, not just an illusion. Yeah, because knowledge is not power. Applied knowledge is. And we're grateful to be your partners on this journey towards wealth, wisdom, and worth. Hey, Yetta, if I want to jump ship, what do I need to know? You need to know what the condition of your cabin is. So we're excited that we've created for you free access to over 587 Life's Inside Track episodes where we share insider tips. We share how to make house home, how to grow wealth, how to just really make the best of your life. And the great news is you can get access to them from home, from the office, or on the go. And the great news is we forget to tell you to check into our YouTube channel. So there's a new one every few days. And if you want to get them by email, we can even send them to you when they come out. And so the great news is there are some things to consider and explore as we talk about jumping ship, mm -hmm. right? Like it's not maybe quite as easy as just deciding whether you want to make the move or not, whether no. it's a for real thing you ought to be doing, there's a little bit more to it than that. If you want, here's, I guess, the bottom line. If you want to maximize, if you want to maximize your investment or you want to maximize the value of the house. Of course I do. Why would I want to leave money on the table? Oh, but sometimes people don't. Exactly. So here's, here's the question. I think what you're saying is, the condition of my ship, the condition of my cabin is a factor mm -hmm. in me jumping ship. What do I need to do to my cabin first? Right. And maybe they don't want to do anything. Maybe you're like. Done. You're done. You're exhausted. You got no funds. You've got no energy. You got no emotional bandwidth to do anything to the house. Well, then we'll price it to sell it in the condition it's in. Right. Right. And if you want to maximize, that's why I said, like, it really is a consideration. Like, first, get clear. What are your objectives? Like, in this whole conversation of getting a new cabin, and we understand it's not cabin size necessarily, but getting a new place to call home, there are some things you must decide. And one is, what do you want from the shift? Not only what do you want in terms of the house and the price and the location and all of that. Also, what are you willing to do to get there? And is maximizing your return on investment essential? Mm. Is it one of your priorities? 
If not, we have sold many homes where the biggest priority is just do it fast. We don't have time. We don't have energy. We don't have capacity. It doesn't matter to us. We just need to get the most we can get given the current condition. Right. And one of the, well, one of my favorite things is to go into a home and people say, well, what should I do to maximize my return? And then quite often there's simple things to do, not too expensive, sometimes a little bit labor intensive, but things that can be done to increase the value of the property significantly without a huge expense. Like we're not talking like tear out the kitchen, put a new kitchen in, put new flooring in everywhere. Although sometimes it is, the flooring's done. Well, you know, and that conversation is not a general conversation. I mean, we can give you some general guidelines, but a lot of these conversations are very specific to your home because if you've done no improvements in your home other than maintain it and take great care of it, and it looks like a beautiful 1972 bungalow still, and we come into a lot of those where it's in pristine condition, just in a style that isn't today's style. Well, do nothing. There's no point in replacing the kitchen. There's no point in replacing the bathrooms. There's no point in replacing floors. There's no point in doing those things because it's functional. And as soon as you do one, you don't get the full return on it because they notice what isn't done. Mm -hmm. Versus if you've already done everything and the only thing left undone is your kitchen, maybe it makes sense to finish that because you're not going to get the full value of the finished package without doing the last piece. Yes. So it is it is a subjective conversation depending on where you are, what price range you're in, what you've already done, what's expected in a given price range or in a given area from the buyers, what's happening in the current market. Mm-hmm. Oof, too many questions. Well, they're not too many questions. They're just They need to be individually answered during a consultation. And the beauty is like, you know, I think of apples. You know why I'm thinking of apples? I do actually. You do? Because we pick apples with our clients and our clients that have purchased through us or refer us and we invite them to the apple orchard. And when you pick an apple at the apple orchard, it's usually dusty. You know, it's got the – because – it's not perfect, right? It, it hasn't yeah. been polished and waxed. And like when you go to the grocery store and you see these apples there, they're looking perfect. They're, they, they're shiny because they've been washed and polished and waxed. And unfortunately, sometimes that wax is just covering up the pesticides that are underneath. But the point is, if you go, the grocery store knows that if they have apples sitting there that are like right off the tree and dusty, and then they have these polished apples guess which ones sell well always and they'll sell for more money is the polished one unless you're going for organic and then you it's a totally different conversation right (laughs) like it depends on what you're looking for Mm -hmm. and so even when we come to houses sometimes people are looking for the original house the original character of it so that they can do what they want to do with it rather than you do what you did although you won't sell it for quite as much Mm -hmm. because you didn't spend as much on it yeah, and even if it's even if it's dated or original, mm-hmm. people are still looking for clean. They want the bathrooms and the kitchen to mm-hmm. sparkle as best they possibly can. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember we sold our little townhouse in in um, Elmer. I don't know if you remember this. Oh, I remember. But it had those stick on tiles, and they were kind of scratched and worn and whatever. 
And before we put it on the market, we put a nice fresh coat of wax on that baby. And it looked like a brand new floor. And what did it take us? You know, a $5 bottle of liquid wax and, and a couple hours to mop it and clean it really well and then put the polish on once or twice. And it just showed like a million bucks. Well, and in fact, that was one of the things the people that bought it said they loved about the house was <laughs> the beautiful, shiny floors. And so don't underestimate the value of the littlest things. Because it's the littlest things often that puts that final shine, like getting the black. So here's a real little uh, that really frustrates buyers. But often when we live in the house, we don't see it, especially after winter. When you've had screens on your windows still, there's a little black layer behind the screen between the window and the screen. Mm -hmm. And that's a little bit of mold. That's a little bit of dust. That's a little bit of dirt. That's a buildup. That makes your windows look like they don't work okay. They're tired. They're tired. They're, they're finished. Leaky. Yeah, they're leaky, but it may not be any of that. So yank out those screens, clean behind it. Vacuum make, the screens before you put them back in. Or wash them, mm -hmm. right? So make it look sparkly again, because as you make it sparkle, you get value. Well, it, yeah, it's, it's crazy yeah. that little things like that are the different yeah. speakers. And then when you're looking at your new cabin, Right. Usually what we do is uh, for buyers, we're going to figure out what their three must-haves and maybe three nice-to-haves. Yeah. And then that gives us our mandate to go look for those properties, right? right. But the one unnegotiable, mm. the one thing that we can't negotiate on is what? You tell price. me. Price. Oh, like, we can negotiate because, price Yeah, yeah, sometimes. but we can't negotiate their budget. So if they right. can only afford 600000 then we can't sell them a $700,000 home. Don't want to do that. Because you, you, can't, be you can't buy it. You can't buy it, right? right. So price is non-negotiable. And when I say price, the budget is non-negotiable. There. Then you may have to give up one of your three musts, like the location or the condition or mm -hmm. the uh, size of the home, right? Yeah. One of those you may have to give up so you make it into your budget. Exactly. So the bottom line is, I have, and I suspect you may be like me, have simple tastes. And simple tastes really in my world is just, I love the best, simply the best. Yeah. Thanks for growing alongside of us because we're passionate about all of us being positioned for generational legacy. Hey, Yetta, is the captain or the navigator most important? I'm going to tell you it's the captain. And we're going to unpack that in a minute after we tell you that for over 30 years, we've been able to come alongside you not only over 3,117 times helping you buy and sell real estate and invest in it, but really 30 years of coming alongside you to build your fun, build your faith, build your finances, and even strengthen and heal in and flourish inside relationships. So 30 years of building life, home, and wealth. So what we're going to discover is when we look at captain and the navigator, what the role is of each of them. Yeah. And I actually think both roles are super important. And people might be thinking, what are you talking about? We're talking about buying and selling real estate. Why are you talking about captain and navigator? Because we all have our roles. We all have our roles. And you as the homeowner or the person that wants to buy a home, you are the captain. You are the captain of the ship. You're the one that has to qualify for the mortgage. You're the one that has to make the calls to your organizations and the team that's going to support you. You are 
you're making the decisions. Ultimately, what you want wins. You decide yeah. what you're going to pay, what you're not going to pay, what you're going to sell for, what you're not going to sell for. you the captain yeah, of this whole the thing. The captain determines the destination. Mm-hmm. And then they delegate the to the navigator, how are we going to get there? Exactly. And the navigator would be us, the Decker team, if we're helping you navigate, it's going to be your realtor, it's going to be your whole team, but you really want a core navigator that's gone before you, that actually understands the entire course that needs to be navigated Yeah, to get from here to there. We could call like the market, the sea, right? You need to understand the sea or the ocean. And then you got to know where the pitfalls are, where the rocks are, where the islands are that you got to avoid, stay in the channel, keep you safe to get to your destination. That's what the navigator does. Right. You got to know what the turbulence is, what the potential turbulence is, and then know how to navigate through it. Sometimes, sometimes we have to go right through it. Sometimes we got to go through the storm and sometimes we can avoid the storm. Lots. Most of the time (laughs) we can avoid the storm, which is great. Yeah. So whether you're selling or you're buying, there's the navigator is so important. And let's talk about selling for a second. You know, a lot of people think, okay, I just need to advertise. But there's a distinction between advertising and marketing. And marketing is the active. Advertising is the passive. Yes, there's some active in designing the ads and the pictures and all that kind of stuff. But once you put it out there, your your advertising is passive. Marketing is what I do when I talk to other realtors, when I get on the Facebook group, when I start talking uh, uh, during our, our Zoom calls, our weekly Zoom calls about our new properties for sale. That's marketing. And proactive. I'm going to say even a step further, when you're being proactive in the following up on the marketing efforts. Mm -hmm. So even when we use social media to get the word out there, the newsletter that we send out every single week now with market updates, that's one of the letters. And each week you can get access to market data. Well, that is a communication, a dialogue back and forth. So it's Mm -hmm. a proactive engagement in moving even your property forward. Because if we're not talking to anybody, Mm -hmm. we're not getting it out there, and we're not having those connections, it's pretty difficult to sell real estate. Yeah. And then another thing that we do as a navigator is we navigate the negotiations. Because, you know, you might think negotiations isn't a big deal, but we've seen people net 1% to 3% more, and you go, well, 1% to 3%, that's nothing. Well, 3% on a $600,000 house what is that? Eighteen thousand dollars. Eighteen thousand dollars. To me, that's a lot of money. Well, and in fact, we've sometimes I have my stories where it's <laughs> a lot more than three percent, where it's five yeah. percent or ten percent. The difference. Yeah, but we don't want to overpromise. I know I'm not overpromising. I'm just saying <laughs> this is for real. How yeah. you do the work of representing your client, which is part of the negotiation process, mm-hmm. makes a difference. Yep. Do you, one of the core little tiny, tiny strategies. I'll give it away now. Just use the phone. 
instead yeah, of text message and email is talk to people. Yeah. It's become this thing that we tend not to do as much in our industry. It's like a lost art. Yeah. And yet it's a huge different makers in the negotiation process. And in terms of what you're going to buy your home for, and even in terms of what you're going to sell your home for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, you want a navigator that's, that's gone through the waters before, you know, that whether it be commercial real estate, leasing, renting, investment, um, multi-units, just a single family home. You want a realtor that's got experience both helping people, like we've got between you and I, oh. we're over 60 years of experience and the team, we're about 100 years of experience and you want people that have experience on your side, the navigators, but you also want somebody that's doing what you want to do. So if you want to invest in real estate, you want to find a realtor that also invests in real estate. If you want to buy a commercial property for your business, you want someone that's bought a commercial property for their business. You know, it's just so important. There's things you can't learn if you're not in the trenches. You can't learn if you don't have the experience. You can't, if I haven't had to navigate it for others, but also haven't had to navigate it for myself, chances are I'm not going to know all the areas of turbulence. Yeah. Like there, experience is worth, it's costly, but once you have it, it's hugely beneficial. It's worth so much. Yeah. And when you talk about turbulence, I think you're really talking about currents because we got to ship Oh. theme going on here. Is that not similar? Strong currents in the ocean right. can drag you into the rocks, right? And we do not want you to be shipwrecked. And saying that, we'll even check, oh, do you need a life? Do you need, you know, we're, we're like your life jacket, but do you need a lifeboat? In other words, when you're moving from one house to another, do you need interim accommodation? Do you need, you know, because it's, we attempt to line up closings right on, but sometimes they're not. And so, do you need interim financing? So, you carry two properties for a few weeks. Those are the lifeboats. Right. And every situation is different. So, it really, ha again, it's identifying what is most essential for you. And then we can create a strategy and a plan that puts it together and avoiding most of that currents that are rough and rugged. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Well, heavy seas. Heavy seas. Yeah. We don't want to get you into heavy seas. That, that being said, we know what to do when we get into them. And, you know, we're, we're that team. We're the team that can help navigate through these waters of ship switching or buying your first ship. And if you want to reach us, 613-860-4663 is the way to reach us. Maybe it's just a clarity call. Maybe it's just a 15-minute conversation on the phone to see if there's more needed or not. And if there is, then we're happy to do a consultation. Yeah, like that first 15 minutes is just what's the one next step? And maybe the next step is, no, I'm not doing this thing right now. My cabin is just fine the way it is. Or maybe it's what's the next step. Is it a consultation? Is it your banker? If you're a buyer, it's probably your banker next. Is it your lawyer? Is it your accountant? There's lots of different potential next steps. Yeah. And we're excited to sort of guide you through that. Mm -hmm. And we're honored to be your advocates. Building wealth through real estate and living a life exponential. Move 
moving forward with the Decker team. Moving forward together with the Decker team.